to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. This podcast is from the evening Ash Wednesday service. Hope you enjoy it. Good evening and welcome to our Ash Wednesday service. To open this contemplative service and begin our Lenten journey, we start with a reading from Unity called Release and Renew Lent 2024. I release problems that seem overwhelming. I renew my awareness of my spiritual nature. I release a habit of judging others. I renew my commitment to see the divine in all beings. I release doubt, confusion, and indecision. I renew my divine power of wisdom. I release my fear of moving forward. I renew my willingness to step out in faith. I release pessimism and negative thinking. I renew my positive expectations. I release my habit of worrying. I renew my faith in divine order. I release discontent and criticism. And I renew my gratitude in all things. I release any apathy or boredom. I renew my zeal and enthusiasm. I release my, any belief in limitation. I renew my sense of possibility. I release the fear of not having enough, and I renew my awareness of abundance in my life. I release any drama or conflict. I renew my inner peace in spirit. I release any sense of discouragement, and I renew my hope with the power of affirmative prayer. I release the habit of digging in my heels. I renew my practice of non-resistance. I release thoughts or fears of illness. I renew my openness to the healing power of spirit. I release fears of being alone. I I renew my connection with spirit, self, and others. I release old grudges and resentments. I renew inner peace by forgiving. I release any need to complain. I renew my outlook through appreciation. I release anger and blame. I renew my patience and compassion. I release my darkest fears. I renew the strength and courage of my heart. I release the shadows of grief and sorrow, and I renew myself in the serenity of silence. Blessing the Dust by Jan Richardson. All those days you felt like dust, like dirt, as if all you had to do was turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners or swept away by the smallest breath as insubstantial. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing 
that lives within the ancient ashes that makes this home inside the soil of this sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, but for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made and the stars that blaze in our bones and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. Release by Marie Starr. Unglue your tongue. Talk to the wind. Talk to the trees. Talk to streams flowing over pebbles. 
talk to single blades of grass, talk to me, say anything, say everything, say nothing at all. Just turn your head toward the sound of sunlight. Rest your eyes on the dance of leaves. Breathe. Inhale hope in tiny particles. Exhale fear invisibly. Let it go the way of words, falling at your feet. Petals of promise forming paths of purpose, paths of peace, release. So welcome to our Ash Wednesday service for the first time here in our new home. Isn't this exciting? I want to um, just walk us through some lengthened facts today and then explain a little bit about the ritual. And um, if I could have the monitor switched, that would be helpful um, for the tech team. And... Uh, so I can actually read what I wrote. <laughs> <clears throat> so the word Lent comes from the old English word lengthen for spring, which means to lengthen. It indicates basically the time that we're in right now. It does uh, lengthen the time of the day uh, as we approach summer. And that's where it really is coming from. So we are indicating with the word Lent the lengthening of the day, the lengthening of the time that we experience the sun and get ready for the spring. Then um, Lent was established in Common Era 325 uh, by the Council of Nicaea, uh, as we know, who has been substantial in deciding what books go into the Bible and what books are not allowed in the Bible, especially those of the women, right, unfortunately like the Gospel of Mary and so on, uh, uh, have been rejected. So it's a very significant time, but the, the practice of Lent was established back then. At first, Lent was 36 days long, um, but nowadays it's considered it's 40 days long, not counting the Sundays. Okay? And 40 has a very specific 
meaning, especially in unity. Forty days generally in the Bible references to the 40 years of the Israelites wandering in the desert, but also the 40 days of Jesus in the desert. And we're actually commemorating that time right now is really from the Christian scriptures perspective, we are really um, learning to understand what Jesus went through during his 40 days. And we'll talk about this in a minute. But metaphysically, what 40 means, it's not so much about the days or the years. 40 is a number that represents the phrase, as long as it takes. Um, a lot of people actually who believe that the Bible is not just a historical fact and that we are supposed to read literally, they understand that the Israelites were actually not in the desert just for 40 years. They were just as long on in the desert as it took them to get to the promised land. And the same thing for Jesus. It doesn't mean that he was actually in the desert for 40 days. It just meant that he was there to be tempted and to overcome the temptation for as long as it takes. So it's really important for us to understand that even though we still celebrate the 40 days plus the Sundays from now until uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday, um, symbolically really means that what we are trying to overcome can happen at any given time. And it is in our own time. So let's talk about the 40 days in the desert for a little bit, the temptations of Christ. How many temptations? And I ask this question every year, as you know, and hopefully by now, you know. How many temptations did, uh, did Jesus get? Three, four, five, six, three. Come on, louder. There you go, yes, three, right? Three temptations. And <clears throat> they're, they're about one... One of them was about turning stone into bread. So as you might remember from, from the story, the devil appears, um, which again symbolically means that when the devil appears in the story, it's, it's the side of us that is not really aligned with our spirituality. That's what the devil represents. When we're not aligned with spirituality, we tempt ourselves to do things that are really not um, again, aligned with what we truly want. Then we start doing stuff that are really not good for us. You know? And that's why we, in unity, we don't say, you know, we don't see sin the exact same way like many do. We see sin as just missing the mark, just making the mistake. So, yeah, the devil represents when we are tempted, when we are... Um, not really doing what we really want to do, when we follow the wants more so than the desires, like I talked about the past few weeks. And then we're doing stuff like turning stone into bread, right? <laughs> and then the, the second one was to throw himself, and this is the devil asking Jesus, why don't you throw yourself down from the pinnacle? I'll make sure you're going to be okay, right? And the third one was to worship the devil, and that's an important one, to reign over all the kingdoms. To worship the devil doesn't mean that there is a force in this universe that is equal to God that's bad. 
To worship the devil means to fall for the limitations that we put on ourselves, to fall for that which is not fully who we are. And so we often, unfortunately, believe that when we worship that devil that we can reign all of the kingdom because sometimes it feels so much better to worship the devil and it's so much easier, the devil inside of us, than to worship God. Because many of us don't believe that we actually have the right to embrace God. Many of us are so in judgment about ourselves that it's very hard to embrace the idea that we are one with God and that we deserve to connect with God. And then we often fall toward the devil side, that limitation side. I am small. I am not worthy. I am not lovable. That's the kind of uh, thing we talk about, we think about when we think of uh, worshiping the devil. It's really not this great masterful being that has all these powers. It's just us falling short and believing in that shortness and believing that falling short is what we are what we end up having to do because God does not love us anymore, right? So there is um, some scripture connected to uh, these temptations. In Luke, we find it says, one does not live by bread alone, okay? That's connecting a turning stone into bread. Bread, if you remember from our first communion we did just a couple of weeks ago, bread means substance you know, metaphysically speaking. And what we mean by substance is this infinite potential of, um, I, I often see it as crackling, the crackling of pre-existence, okay? That's substance, the Higgs field, if you will. You know, if you, if you understand, you know, if you know a little bit about the science and that talked about it a few months ago, it's the substance that is not solid yet, okay? It's an invisible, substance that has all the infinite possibilities in our lives. And what we do with our mind and heart as we bring it into harmony and we, we align it with our desires that are connected to our needs, we are starting to shape the substance first into like thoughts and feelings and imagination and pictures and ideas. And eventually, not all of them, it actually becomes something solid. Not magically, we're still the ones who have to put our hands to it and our feet to it, but it becomes solid. That's what really this bread means. Uh, one does not live from bread alone really means that um, there's also more to it than just accepting the idea of substance. We must actually do something about it. Not worldly pleasure alone is another way of looking at it. It's spiritual also. Our ability to create is not just about worldly pleasures. It's about spiritual fulfillment as well. Then the second one, throwing himself down from the pinnacle, connects to Luke again. Do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. Right? You might remember this one because it's a very popular verse to use. Do not put Lord, your God, to the test. And Jesus is tempted to do exactly that. 
well, you're the son of God. Why don't you throw yourself from the pinnacle? You know, God will save you. Or if not, then I will save you. You know, and then you believe in me. Or you save yourself. You know, why don't you test it? But what it means is it's about righteousness, not selfishness. Okay? We have incredible powers. We, we are so capable of so many things that we sometimes don't believe that it's even possible unless we actually see it. Sometimes we need to almost see it outside of ourselves. Other people are accomplishing things that we don't believe are possible. And then we start to believe, oh, wow, if, if, if that guy can do it, I can do it too, you know. And so uh, you probably thought about that before too, you know, maybe in college or in high school or maybe later on, you know, except, well, if this guy who smokes cigarettes all the time can do it, why shouldn't I be able to do it? Often we need that kind of like outside um, motivation. But it's really about righteousness, uh, the, the righteous way of being. Righteousness means, in, in unity we believe, righteousness really should be seen as engaging in harmony. When we are righteous, we are harmonized, we are balanced. It's not so much a righteous as we usually think of it, as we grow up learning in traditional um, way of using the word. You know, you gotta be righteous. It's more about the balance, a harmony, like a like you would imagine a Zen Buddhist, for example, or you know, a spiritual guru or spiritual leader being, just being completely immersed in peace and completely balanced. That's what this is about. When we are balanced, we don't need to throw ourselves from the pinnacle. We don't need to prove ourselves anything. We just using the powers as they were completely natural, which they actually are. And then finally, worship the devil to reign over all the kingdoms comes from, again from Luke, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. What does that mean? It's our first principle. There is only one presence and one power. One of the biggest challenges that many people have is that they really truly believe that the devil has equal powers to God. But that is a direct violation of the first commandment and of our first principle. If there was a devil that had the exact same power as God did, then this principle wouldn't work. Okay? We strongly believe, even though we are not necessarily a theistic model, we're not following the God is separate from us idea, we're still very much a one power and one presence idea, which is believe that we are one with that and not separate from that. That's really the only difference. We don't believe in multiple powers. And so that's really very important here to understand. To worship the devil isn't, is giving power away from us rather than retaining and being and staying connected with the one presence. So conquering the temptations, what to do during Lent. Traditionally, we say abstain from the pleasures of the flesh, right? So I'm pretty sure that most of you who follow a practice of Lent have already decided what they're going to give up for Lent, right? Can I see some raised hands, anyone? Yeah, chocolate, you know, maybe meat, okay? Uh, I gave up exercising for Lent, so um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but 
but just film or our co-founder, uh, he really said, you know, we are missing an opportunity if we only make it about abstaining. And, and he explains this in his idea of what abstinence is. Abstinence is about being abstinent from error thoughts that are directly connected to sin. Sin is error thinking, missing the mark. And during Lent, we can be abstinent from that. That's a way of looking at abstinence. But even more importantly, I think, is to understand that it's also an opportunity during Lent to pick something up. Not just to give something up, but to pick something up. And guess what that could be? A new habit. So if you, for example, have struggled to pray every day, okay, if it just doesn't come to your mind and you go days without praying or meditating or connecting or, you know, we've been doing this, you know, cool exercise with eyes open, you know, how to learn to connect with God um, with our eyes open. If, if that's something, you can pick up that practice and make that your focus rather than, oh my God, what can I give up? Because usually, isn't it though, when we give anything up, it's connected to something that we are in judgment about, right? Why otherwise would we give up chocolate? Good riddance. Who wants to give up chocolate? You know, it's such an important thing in our lives, right? But it's because we have, we have a judgment around the chocolate. And that's why, you know, we were, oh, I should eat less chocolate because, you know, my butt is too big or something like that. You know, and it's, it's, it's connected often to judgment. So that's why I like when we say, well, how about we pick something up that's new? We're establishing a practice over 40 days that's a little bit more than three weeks, which often people say that's enough for us to start entering a new idea or start a new practice. Why not do that? I think that's a lovely idea, isn't it? Because when we pick up something new, it's usually not connected to a judgment. It's usually connected to something we desire and we are looking forward to. Uh, again, traditionally, another part of Lent, feeling remorse and experience sincere regret. In unity, we're looking at it a little bit different, a turning from a belief in sin and error to a belief in God and righteousness. So rather than going to the wailing wall and be, you know, really sad for the next 40 days, we believe that instead we should put our energy into the things that we have are in judgment over our sins, the way we uh, are missing the mark, that we take that and move that away and turn that into something more useful, which is a belief in God, a belief in our own, own Christ consciousness, and our righteousness, which again means harmony. Righteousness is harmony. All right, tonight's ritual. It's symbols and meaning. Here's what we're going to do. So traditionally, and I see some of you have already uh, pre-come prepared, you know, you already got the cross, so I'm very proud of you for that. So you're getting a little add-on if you want, right? So traditionally, we have the cross, but we have made this tradition that we add the circle, and I want to just briefly explain why. 
The cross is a symbol of the imposition of ashes, and it comes from Genesis chapter 319. And you see the text there, right there. It's all about the dust, right? And the, the very last sentence, and to dust you shall return. Okay? By the sweet of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's the imposition of ashes. That's what the cross actually symbolizes. And the traditional imposition is that the priest is standing in front of you, you line up, and then the priest tells, says to you, remember that dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And the response then is amen. Okay? Most of you, that's a thing from the Catholic tradition. Some of you may have had something similar um, or exactly like that, but that's the traditional imposition. So the circle now represents uh, the blessing of ashes. This is how we see in unity imposition. It's not an imposition, it's a blessing. But it, it directly connects to, to dust, dust you shall return. Same verse. And the blessing here, when I will say, so as the minister, I will say, remember the dust of your humanity into spirit you shall return. Because we're blessing both our humanity, both our lives, and both the idea that we are, will always return to spirit because we essentially are spirit. We're just going home. And your response, you can choose, amen, or, and so it is. And that is really all to it for tonight. And I'll ask, there you go. And so, with that being said, no, no, I need that on my screen, otherwise I miss it. There you go. You know, I'm getting older. I don't remember stuff that well anymore, okay? But this is what's going to happen, right? So, um, Larissa will start a little bit of music, and then I, will, I already have the ashes ready here. And these, by the way, are the ashes um, from a couple of years ago. Um, we started the tradition that we, on Palm Sunday, remember, we have the palm leaves. And then we keep them for a year to let them dry out. And then we actually burn them the Sunday before Ash Wednesday and turn them into ashes. We didn't have time to do this this year. So these are from a couple of years ago, you know. But, you know, recycling is important nowadays. So uh, whoever chooses to partake, please line up in the middle of the um, sanctuary here. And then just go outside. There you go. Remember the dust of your humanity and the spirit you shall return. Remember the dust of your humanity and the spirit you shall return. Remember the dust of your humanity and the spirit you shall return. <laughs> so let us now take a few moments in meditation. 
want you just to, to take in today, this evening. <clears throat> and whatever you may have resonated with, whether it's a reading, a song, some of the explanation, the ritual. Just take it into your heart. Allow what resonates most with you. Allow that to prosper and flourish and grow. Just breathe into that sense of peace that you may be able to access right now. Remember the peace that passes all understanding is available to us at all times, regardless of how we feel and how we think about ourselves. Allow that peace to become such a big part of you that right now the only thing that can come to mind is to be the perfect realization of this peace in this moment. Nothing can deter you, nothing can destroy this peace, nothing can take it away. Even your deepest worries and regrets and judgments, fears, feelings of aloneness and isolation, even those cannot destroy the peace that you feel right now. And from this peace now, Simply allow your creation to take hold. Over the next 40 days, what is it that you're willing to give up, if anything? Even more importantly so, what are you willing to pick up anew? What gift are you willing to give you? Allow that to come into creation, out of substance, out of the bread of life, out of peace we create. Together we create with God, not separate from it. All our desires, all our creations are perfectly aligned with God. So allow yourself to settle into that peace, the peace that passes all understanding. Recognize the ashes as part of who you are, the dust of humanity. Into spirit we all shall return. That is the command, that is 
our return to eternal life. So the next 40 days, that's going to be our focus, our humanity and our spirit. Whatever we need to do to allow that to come forth even more so that we can shine even brighter, we are willing to do day by day. Let us now move into a closing, as we always do in a sense and with a sense of gratitude. Let us take hold and give thanks to this moment, this moment of remembrance, this moment of realization that we are that peace that passes all understanding, that we are that God that we seek, we are that perfect expression of Christ or any way show where we follow. Let us give thanks for allowing ourselves to be here today, whether in person or online, and find that gratitude in every moment to embrace the abundance we already have in our lives. And so it is. Amen.
eternal life. Amen. Rent Your Heart by Jan Richardson. To receive this blessing, all you have to do is let your heart break. Let it crack open, let it fall apart, so that you can see its secret chambers, the hidden spaces where you have hesitated to go. Your entire life is here, inscribed whole upon the heart's walls. Every path taken, or left behind, every face you turn toward or turned away, every word spoken in love or in rage, every line in your life you would prefer to leave in shadow, every story that shimmers with treasures known and those you have yet to find. It could take you days to wander these rooms, 40 at least, and so let this be a season for wandering, for trusting the breaking, for tracing the tear that will return you to the one who waits, who watches, who works within, the rending to make your heart whole. If you would like to contribute to what we are doing and what we are about, you can do so right now as the ushers come around. We know that many of you already give online, so feel free to place your hand over the basket to bless our offerings. If you would like to give today, feel free to do so in any way you choose. Let us bless our offerings and our community together. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. I am grateful.
The Swan by Mary Oliver. Across the wide waters, something comes floating. A slim and delicate ship filled with white flowers. And it moves on its miraculous muscles as though time didn't exist. As though bringing such gifts to the dry shore was a happiness, almost beyond bearing. And now it turns its dark eyes it rearranges the clouds of its wings. It trails an elaborate webbed foot, the color of charcoal. Soon it will be here. Oh, what shall I do when that poppy-colored beak rests in my hand? Said Mrs. Blake of the poet, I miss my husband's company. He is so often in paradise. Of course. The path to heaven doesn't lie down in flat miles. It's in the imagination with which you perceive this world and the gestures with which you honor it. Oh, what shall I do? What shall I say when those white wings touch the shore?
thank you for joining us for this special Ash Wednesday service. To close our service for tonight, join me in our blessing with the prayer for protection. Together, the light of God surrounds us. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds us. I am the love of God. The power of God protects us. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over us. I am the presence of God. Wherever we are, God is, and I am. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast of the Ash Wednesday service. Remember, you can always go back on unityfortworth.org and find podcasts of all the services, as well as find out everything that's going on at Unity Fort Worth.